Craft Beer Radio, episode 311, recorded sometime in the past. Just shake your rump. Hey, everybody, welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I am Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week we are doing, uh, well, a bunch of different breweries that we were not familiar with, with the exception of uh, one. Right? <laughs> yeah, let's just, again, another contrived theme for the show. Uh, called this one episode 311. We are recording this before the two episodes that were yeah, posted. recording this on previously. Saturday, November 15th. Yes. But it's, we know it's not going to be up right away. Um, let's start. Oh, we, actually, we should start with this cream ale. That it would be my suggestion, yes. And then I would say we go with, to this one next. All right. But that's just my, uh, you know, my crazy opinion. We are starting with... Hardywood cream ale. Now, Hardywood is in Richmond, Virginia, where I just was. Didn't get a chance to go to Hardywood. Heard lots of good things about it. Mm-hmm. We, uh, JD sent us one of the Hardywoods. Their gingerbread, I think it was. He sent us the... That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So we've had Hardywood before. Um, not a bunch, but I got this one up at House of a Thousand Beers. So it's kind of available in the Pittsburgh market. They have instructions how to open the can. I don't know if you followed them correctly. Push back. <laughs> it's just like how to use a seatbelt on an airplane. You know, yeah. It's just the basics, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is a uh, a cream ale. 4.4% alcohol by volume. 18 IBUs available year-round. So cream ales are... They're ales that are cold-conditioned. So they're lagered ales. Actually, I'm going to pull up the notes here to make sure I don't... Get it. I don't Drink cream ales very often. Yeah. So I'm going to pull up the BJCP description for cream ale just to make sure I'm not pulling anything out of my rear end. Yeah, I, I am, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how they're made. I think that they're, you know, kind of like they're brewed with sort of like Pilsner, same kind of ingredients, but then they use an ale yeast, but then they're cold conditioned. Yeah, let's see. Um, an ale version of an American lager style produced by ale brewers compete with lager brewers in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic states. Originally known as sparkling or present-use ales, lager strains were and sometimes still are used by some brewers, but are not historically mixed with ale strains. Many examples are croissant to achieve carbonation. Cold conditioning isn't traditional, although modern brewers sometimes use it. So this is cold conditioned. So I, so I guess what they're saying is mm-hmm. same construction as an American Pilsner or something like that, but you use an ale yeast. American ingredients are most commonly used, so six-row malt right. is typically common in a cream ale. So as, you know, it's kind of the flip side of a California Commons. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it can be. So, you know, an ale, California commons are ales that have, you know, brewed with a lager yeast. This is a lager brewed with an ale yeast or, or the constituents mm-hmm. with different yeasts. And then also um, some flake maize, some corn is common. Um, it says here, include up to 20%. It would be traditional. So I would expect some DMS coming off of this then. When so, corn is used, it often gives off uh those DMS, the sort of canned vegetable taste. So something I wasn't expecting, but I'm actually smelling in here, is kind of a creamy, vanilla-y type aroma. Almost like what you get from, like, um, 
the uh, Anderson Valley Summer Solstice, right? There's Cerveza Crema. Well, that's a cream ale. I mean, right, it, but that has a big vanilla type flavor, right? And you know, you don't get that in Genesee cream ale, right? Right, right. But I think they, you know, they were obviously called cream ales for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's there's that vanilla, but there's also something a little more, a little more pungent. Um, not really DMS straight up, but at least not what I'm getting. It smells a little almost strangely seafood like almost like a clam or something there's uh-huh. i can't quite pull what it is but it, it's not something you're used to smelling in a beer hmm it's it's, it's definitely a sulfury thing right because yeah. it's kind of taking me to like dirty mop sink a little bit but like it's not not in a way of this beer is spoiled yeah but in a way of there's some sulfury compounds that you get from hydrogen or the mm-hmm. you know yeah the, yeah exactly and dirty muswick is yeah. full of all these compounds and yeah. if only a couple are there yeah. and that's the case here yeah. so yeah and i i think i'm talking myself into it's sulfury dms type things where you know it's not rotten eggy but there's there's something in the ballpark, right? right? Yeah, I mean, it's and it's not doored, but it's yeah. that's also an example of where you get those sort of pungent stuff. But this one is not coming from hops. This is mm-hmm. almost certainly coming from either what the yeast is doing there, or just the, the grains as they're being used. Okay, so on the flavor, there's a good good malt flavor here. Um, kind of is a little bit. It's biscuit like. It's a biscuit with a li- with a, a, the hint of graham cracker. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a, and it has some, you know, some actually nice bitter notes at the end to uh, to give it. It's it's. Pr- I'm almost certain that's Zots. That's something noble at the end to give it a, a little bit of a of a grassy note, bitter note to end on, so it doesn't. So the sweetness doesn't continue. And I think that actually probably helps against some of the more corny flavors taking over. Hmm. This is, um, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing of, like, you're wondering if you're getting a cream ale, even a good cream ale, how good can it be? That could be a question someone could ask, especially if you're drinking things like Genesee and whatnot. Yeah. Um, this one's a good drinker. Um, has, like I said, a good malt backbone finish is pretty crisp. Um, it's pretty hoppy for a cream ale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think this this is not going to be your typical cream ale that you're used to. Um, having that hot bit on the end is you know, their sort of signature. And then, to- you know, I just want to say that I'm not noticing anything remotely like mop sink in the flavor, mm-hmm. right? It's not really coming through. That, that sulfury note that I was dialing in on the aroma is not really coming through in the flavor that much. Which doesn't surprise me. I mean, this is a kind of working class kind of beer. It's not meant to be a beer that you you labor over its aroma mm-hmm. and uh, you know labor over the flavor like we do. But that's what we do. Right. So, but I, I don't think that the aromas that were coming off this were negative on the beer in any way. Actually, as soon as I say that, now I'm tasting some of the DMS type flavors. A uh, bit of corn, bit of canned peas. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, I'm getting some of that. But too. I think that the, ho- the the hopping is combating mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and I think that's why they hopped it so heavily. I don't know if I like the the hop. I mean, 
<laughs> I'm having issues with how intense the hopping is on it because it feels like you're losing a bit of that creamy nature that I think you might get otherwise. And it doesn't feel, because of the hopping, it doesn't feel quite as crisp as I think it could. Hmm. But, see, I think, uh, I don't know, I think the hopping is, is helping with the, some of the brightness at the end of the Christmas and, and not letting the sweetness get a little overboard on you. I mean, some cream ales that don't have much bitterness kind of get kind of sweet at the end, right? Yeah. I could see this going really well with fries. You know, fish and chips, this would be a great beer to drink fish and chips with. <laughs> right. Or, yeah, you know what? With that DMS that's in there, mm-hmm. I think this would really go well with some some fried clams. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, You're talking about how hoppy it is, right? But it's only 18 IBUs. But in yeah, this yeah, style, right. the hops really show. I mean, like a lot of these, you know, American style lagers. If you put any, if they were to hop Budweiser like this, you would taste a huge <laughs> amount of hops, right? Right, right. This is a similar thing where it's a pretty clean beer, and so any flavor that you add. Is a lot is going is going to really uh, be extended and shown. So I tweeted the other day. Someone sent us a link to a video on The Verge about Evil Twin and Two Roads Brewery, and everyone should watch that. Uh, it has all the info that Greg and I neglected to look up before the show, and he wouldn't have any questions about Evil Twin, and you know, like I didn't even. I'm like, I was kind of kicking myself afterwards. I'm like, this is not the kind of preparation I like to do for the show. Like, I didn't even know the twin's name, right? But it's Yepe, right? I think it's, I think that's how you say it. But, you know, so check out the, on my Twitter. And uh, if you're on... At Jeff Bear. At Jeff Bear. Or it also got pushed over to my Facebook, too, so you can check it out there. But there's a, a video, probably about 20 minutes, or I think it's about 12 minutes, actually, Um about Evil Twin and Two Roads and what they're doing. Yeah, so Jeff sent good. it to me. I was at work. I didn't see it. I was going to watch it later and never got around to watching it. So, oh well. well. When you're listening to the show, you can then go watch it. All right, so the next beer we have... When I'm listening is... to the show, why would I watch a video? That, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you can always pause, right? Old Forge Brewing Company is producing this. This is from Danville, Pennsylvania. This is a brewery that we were not familiar with. Yeah, I picked up... Um, well, it shouldn't surprise anybody. There are 2,000-plus breweries in the U.S., more and more coming every day. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a lot of breweries. Yeah, one of the things. things I did when I was at House of a Thousand Beers was, you know, grab a bunch of beers that I'm not so familiar with. You know, either have not heard of or have heard of but really don't know anything about. And this is one of those, right? Um, so we're going to look up some information on Danville. And well, the... They don't have much, but this is very interesting what they have. A cross between a brown ale and an IPA. <laughs> so, a very hoppy brown ale. Uh, they use dark caramel and chocolate malts, brown sugar, and lots of hops. 6.5% alcohol by volume. Around 60 IBUs. Fall seasonal in cans. The Falling Down Brown Ale from Old Forge Brewery. There's a one-pint can. 
And that's all they have about it, both on their website and on their can. It's brown, too. The can is has, has is silvered and then mm-hmm. brown right. on the can. So. And by checking the website, they all have free Wi-Fi, so that's good. There, well, <laughs> can you give me some Wi-Fi that you have? It's free. I mean... They okay. offer free Wi-Fi. Yeah, so the aroma on this thing is kind of what they described in the aroma. It is hoppy, and it is brown, right? It, um, <laughs> well, it's hard to... What do you mean by brown in terms of aroma? This is some malty, caramelly, almost roasty notes, right? There's something... Maybe maybe if I was blindfolded, I wouldn't pick those out because the hops are quite prevalent. Yeah. I wonder if there's a date on this can. Nope, I don't see one. I'm asking about the dates because, you know, very, this thing seems like it's really juicy with the hops, and I'm just curious if we could tell when it was canned. Now, that is, it is nice and brown in color. It is pretty, it is translucent, but it's, you can't, it's 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 not transparent. It's It's a little murky. Very murky. Still, yeah, smelling hot, smelling a little bit. It, it almost smells a little aqueous. I can't pick that out for mm. sure, but it smells like like there's hops and there's some malt and there's like a missing area. All right, so I just went on to the flavor because the aroma seems like it's going to keep just assaulting you with mostly hops and the rest you really can't tell. On to the flavor and it's kind of the same thing. It is really hoppy, uh, at least on the first sip. You know, after a couple of sips, my palate might calibrate and I'll get some more of the malt out of it. But that first sip, it tastes as hoppy to me as, you know, any West Coast IPA. Really. That's very interesting because that's not what I've tasted. No? The very first thing that happened is I tasted waffles with butter. And then the hops came in later. So a very kind of grapefruity, um, mm-hmm. probably centennial. Yeah. So that was really interesting because it, it first came across very malty with you know sweetness and then the hops came afterwards almost like yeah almost like the, a waffle with grapefruit marmalade on it or something okay the um, second sip yeah my palate's starting to calibrate right? I'm getting more I'm not getting this delicious waffle that Greg's describing I wish I was um, I love me some waffles but uh, I'm getting some more malty no, I didn't say delicious waffle uh, I said waffle waffle equals delicious <laughs> I'm just pointing out that there's a superlative on there that sure. I didn't put. In. Right, right. Well, to me, it's one and the same. Unless you're talking about ego, but you wouldn't have called it a waffle. No. Let me take another. The sweetness here. was, and still is, I think, you know, it reminds me of waffles. And, but it's not, it doesn't have mm-hmm. the, but I mean, like, to, to give you an example, a delicious waffle is an all-encompassing <laughs> flavor right, all right, over right, your mouth. Right. This is just sort of the sweetness okay. that is reminiscent of a waffle in front. Trying to trying to make what I'm tasting fit what you're describing, right? This last sip, if anything, it, it painted me a picture of pancakes in orange juice. You know, it's kind of like a, it's almost like that whole breakfast setting, right? I'm not getting anything that's too... You know, crispy waffle or, or okay, buttery. It sounds, like, but. Right, it sounds like you have a different idea in your mind of waffles. Okay. So I will get away from waffles okay. uh, as long as we get some, you know, toasted, toasty okay. bread, sweet okay. toasty bread. All right. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking. I don't know. 
I like waffles. Yes. <laughs> I like waffles. Um, that should be the title of the show. <laughs> I like waffles. So, yeah, like, but, yeah, the, the citrus flavors, you know, it's, or it's grapefruit juice, orange juice, something like that, or a blend of the two, mm-hmm. really comes on strong. This is a hop-bursted brown ale that really brings its game with the hop flavors. It's... Uh, Without being really bitter. You know, I think that's... Yeah. I think there's a fair amount of bitterness, but yeah, it's not too bitter. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's just a big resiny blast. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It goes away. Right. It, mm-hmm. it brings it and then it goes away. It takes it with it. Um, I think the thing that's most remarkable is how it is breakfast juice flavors. Right. It's very clearly orange juice, grapefruit juice. Right. I'm not picking out. Other things, you know, where we're always diving into other hop flavors, mm-hmm. passion fruit or pineapple or, but no, it's yeah, very clearly citrus, mm-hmm. a little bit of pith. That's kind of it. But, you know, I kind of like that. It's interesting mm-hmm. that this is in, in many ways very similar to Founder's Breakfast Out in that it's, you can feel it being geared to one type of one type of activity, which is eating breakfast. <laughs> this feels like a beer that, you know, if you were of the person, you were the kind of person who would drink something in the morning, this could be something you would drink in the morning. I'm trying to see how old Old Forge is. Other than old. I'm not finding much. <laughs> What's on there about us section? Uh, not any dates. They're a fun, casual, comfortable brew pub. Yep. So there you go. Danville, Pennsylvania. Somewhere out east. Somewhere out east. I don't know exactly where Danville is, I would say. Well, I can tell you one thing. This is an old website, and under their news, they say relocating in 2013. Exclamation point. It's near the end of 2014 now. And they say they overcame many of those challenges when they did our 2010 expansion. So they've been around for at least five years. Okay, so they... This is going to be... At the bottom of this copyright 2008-2010, Old Forge Rural Company. So I'm guessing, just based on that, 2008. Okay. You You know... if I had more time, something I, with all the research I've been doing on getting information, uh, I've thought of a good way to get the age of breweries, right? And that is to throw the website into the Wayback Machine and mm. archive.org, right? And see what the other Well, that's, are. that's what gives you an age of their website, not of the brewery. Right. Without better information as to the brewery, most breweries have a website plus or minus a couple years from when they opened, right? So. I mean, there there are ways you could do it. I could imagine you could. Look up the business registries yeah. of, you know, in each of their jurisdiction for the brewery. But that takes a lot of work and have to go through a lot of hoops to do that. So fortunately, we're not writing a guidebook or anything, so. Right. It's just for reference, Danville is probably 45 minutes an hour north of Harrisburg. It's on Interstate oh, 80. Oh, wow. So it's so way in. It's on Interstate 80. It's way in the middle of Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey, you're belittling my state here, man. Just it, you're from it's here. my state, too. I've been here for <laughs> for close to half of my life. 
it's you know I haven't done it since the kids since Allison was wee little, but one a great thing to do in the fall is just plug in the GPS, say no highways, and go from brew pub to brew pub, and drive through <laughs> the middle of the state. Um, that was a great trip that we did back in like 2010, 2009. Heather and I. Surprised I didn't find Old Forge because we drove right past it. <laughs> Maybe they were doing their relocating and remodeling at that point. Maybe. So yeah, this is hoppy. It's more hoppy than brown. Yeah, but it's it's a good beer. It's a good drinker. It's it's like I said. The thing that I think is most remarkable about it is how sharp the breakfast juice flavors mm-hmm. of the hops are. Right, and that's it's kind of neat that it gives you that flavor, but it doesn't bring along any undesirable flavors. It doesn't bring along any kind of overwhelming bitterness. You know those kinds of things. Yeah, I want to point out that this is the first can we're having tonight of three cans this is possibly four four cans second can of four yeah this is possibly um an advantage that cans have over bottles in that i'm i'm unsure of whether this is true or not but my guess is that falling down pro- or that um old forge didn't really distribute until they had micro canning available because it really it actually makes it a lot easier to distribute stuff when you can them as opposed to getting bottles and that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's hard. So some of these cans, I'm not sure if any of the ones we have tonight. Oh, yeah, look at this one. See this one? This mm-hmm. can is a plain silver mm-hmm. can with a shrink wrap label on it. That is not always, but typically a sign that they're using a mobile cannery. It's either that or it's a seasonal that they didn't want to get a whole bunch of cans yeah. printed up, right? But like... There's um, a mobile canning company here in Pennsylvania. Drives from brewery to brewery. In the day that it's there, they can off the beer, put the labels on it, and take their canning line in that box truck to somewhere else and can more beers. Uh, it's almost one of those business plans. Like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, because and it's almost like one of those things. Like, why aren't you more forward looking, Jeff? Because if someone had mentioned, I'm going to put a canning line in a truck and drive from brewery to brewery, I'm like, that's stupid. No one's going. <laughs> that's not going to be able to make money. Um, but it's not just Pennsylvania that does it. It's mm-hmm. happening in a lot of places. So it's just one of those things I wasn't visionary enough to see. Well, you know, I'll say it again. If you want to make money in a gold rush, you don't mine for gold. You sell the picks. <laughs> that's that's very appropriate for canning, isn't it? Okay, so IPA stout. Let's do this one here. Mm-hmm. So, our friend Sam Adams sent us this beer. This is one of their... Um, Wait, it's, for some reason, it's got a double block on here. That's not no, that's not it. No, I'm not sure. This one isn't really branded. I'm trying to figure out like what. The, so this is their double black, and from the label, I'm pretty sure it's a double Schwarzbier. Um, it says lager yeast works at cooler temperatures. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, they really don't say much. They mention some German stuff in the neck label on the back. They say lager yeast, so I'm pretty sure it's the Schwartz. Um but yeah, they really don't have this one in a reserve, like any kind of series, really. Yeah. At least on the label. So I don't, yeah, I don't see it on their site. So I'll just pull up uh, the Beer Advocate, and, and they do call it a short spirit, 7.0%, limited, brewed once. 
Let me give you a little bit more there. So I'm a fan of the Schwarzbier style. Schwarzbier. It's one of those styles I like saying with the uh, yeah. the native accent. Hopefully, I'm saying it <laughs> approximately accurately. It is a Schwarzbier. You will drink it and you will like it. <laughs> if, you don't co- else- <laughs> if you don't cooperate, I'm going to have to take you to headquarters. We will make sure that you like it. <laughs> So, yeah, it's one of those styles you almost would never think you would hear of, because a Swartz beer is fairly, I mean, sure, it's a roasty beer, but it's, it's a delicate beer, right? I mean, there's some flavors, and, and doubling up on it is not so much something that you would really consider. But, uh, yeah, Sam has a, did a double black, and let's see what we got going on here. It almost smells like a... a Toned down slightly in terms of of uh, alcohol, a toned down old ale. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I can kind of see that a little bit. There's a little bit of Baltic porter type going on, right? right where you get some kind of a saturation in the roasties. It it kind of goes a little bit into raisin soy, but not really. Just touching it, you know? Yeah, but there's there's some fruitiness coming out of it, but it's not a big, like, whoomph of fruit. Of and there's, cause, something, cause that's, of alcohol there's something that's a little bit like a Rausch malt, but not really. You know, it, it's, it's a whole bunch of almost, but not quite. Yeah. Um, it's, like, not smoky, but there's, like, a hint of smoke. It's not raisiny or soy sauce, but there's a hint of it, you know, those kinds of things. I don't see anything on their website. I've been looking for it, and nothing on their website, which is surprising because they have a pretty decent website. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if they this would have came with marketing cloud roll. Oh, let me see if it's over here in the stack. All right, take, let me take a look at the bottle here. So it has kind of a of a wizard on on it with a black staff, and this was brewed in February. Or, sorry, this is the best buy of February. So, yeah, this came in the mail um, a little over a month ago, I'd say. Yeah, really interesting. Interesting look on this one. Yeah, it, it's a really neat aroma. I haven't taken a sip yet. Oh, actually, you know what? I just smell a little bit of hops in there, too. It almost... I'm surprised. I would have expected to smell kind of spicy continental hops, you know, Zots, mm-hmm. something like that. It actually smelled a little more cascady. We'll see. That was just a kind of a fleeting sniff that I got there. Mm. It kind of tastes like an old ale, too. <laughs> Not like a lesser, like a less alcoholic, less full old ale. Okay. It had on the front because I was getting some of those plums, right? Some some raisiny notes. Okay, and then and, and some some nice toffee, right? I think that's more where it's going in terms of toffee. Maybe a little deep chocolate. No, so for me, I can't cross the bridge to old ale. Um, for me, let's see. You're not getting those fruits at all? 
Not enough. I mean, what's it? It's really being fronted by a more roasty, sooty, smoky type thing. You know, like you know, knowing gonna, what knowing what Sam Adams puts in their their um, sports beer. You know, this is dehusk of Ironman malt, and it's a lot of it to be double. Hmm. Try mine. Yours tastes different. Yeah, yours is more plummy. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is more what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And yours is more plummy. Do you want to blend? Sure, let's blend. Let's give a better idea of what uh, what everyone will get. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Bottle stratification hits us again. There you go. Yeah, so I tasted Greg's. It had a little bit more of, uh, yeah, I think old ale. Or maybe a touch of quadruple. Something like that, right? Something along those lines. And then mine was very, very German. <laughs> it, was, it was clean. It was exactly what I was expecting yeah. by sports beer, but more. So now that they're blended, let's see which one wins the battle. It is kind of a nice blend between the two. It is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, mine before was very clean, but the smokiness was a little much, right? Yeah. And now that it's blended with a little bit of that plumminess, some a little more estery type flavors, it, it... It takes the edge off the action. It gives a little more fullness to the plum part. Yeah, yeah. It's, to me, it's almost like, so I hesitate to call it a quad, like like a quadruple because mm-hmm. there's a lot of sweetness missing from it. But if you like blended a quadruple in a sports beer, you know, maybe like three quarters sports beer, quarter quadruple or something like that, that's I think that's kind of where you're at, right? It sounds about right. You know, I think that the distinction to make is I I am a big fan of old ales. I love a great old ale. And I'd probably go if I had to choose, I would go an old ale over this. But if this was the only option, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, this isn't a nail. Yeah, I know. This is a lager. This is a lager that tastes like... It's very estery for a lager, come to think of it, right? And it's kind of sweet for not having candy sugar added. It's, it's so, like, lots of malt, right? Lots of malt was put into this and gives it that sweetness. Yeah, so now they have Jeff's... Ashy part, I guess, is the best way to put it. it. There's more of those, you know, slightly astringent notes that they they kind of help. I wouldn't say they pull it together, but they give it more body. Mm-hmm. They give it more a more full mouth feel and right. more more continuance between the flavors. It takes some of the sweetness grains. away yeah. too, right? It, it it balances some of that sweetness you were getting as well. Very interesting beer. Well, I, I do dig it. I also see the. I also see the the. What's the word I'm looking for? The reasoning behind the idea. Of, well, we're just going to brew this once. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's, it's we're trying something we're throwing out there right. If it gets a huge response, okay. But if not, hey, we just made something here. Well, I mean, they already have their 
They're black lager, right? Right. So it could have been something as simple as, you know, we have a slot in our specialty series. Let's do an Imperial Black Ale. Let's take this one and just amp up the recipe, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I, I would be surprised. I'm, I'm sorry for speculating so much, but I'd be surprised if this wasn't very similar in its components to their Black Lager, right? Which is a great beer. Yeah. I think I liked my initial half of the bottle. <laughs> I, I think that reminded me more of if you're doing a double sports beer. Yeah. I think what I had first reminds me more of what I was expecting. It, it, yours is more of like, this is a double Schwarzbeer. Yeah. You yeah. are getting twice as much Schwarzbeer. Yes. But but this is more, it has more complexity, but it, it that gives it a little less of a, I don't know, a street cred maybe? I don't know. I don't know what it gives it. Um, it's still good, but I think I preferred... Mm. My half of the bottle. So drink the first half only, is what Jeff said. <laughs> Just pour the first half. <laughs> right. I don't see much sediment or any sediment at the bottom. I don't know. Just regular bottle stratification, I guess. Yeah. Stout before hoppy? Or the winter. Oh, yeah. We should probably do that. All right, so from one hard-to-pronounce beer style to another, well, this is the, the beer style itself is not hard to pronounce. It's the name. This is a Norwegian winter ale. Bestefar is the name of the brewery, or, or the name no, of the brewery is Hond Bryggeriet <laughs> in horrible English. <laughs> uh, it's a Norwegian name. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's Hond Bryggeriet. It it almost seems like hand B R Y G G E R I E T. It probably translates to like hand brewed or something like yeah. that, right? Like handmade, hand brewed. Uh, and the, yeah, the 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 brand of beer is the maybe yeah because they are they're actually on the logo on the website they're fingerprints. Yeah, 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 and yeah. So, but it's a that's a tiny little hand. They got tiny little hands in Norway. <laughs> well, it's, it's supposed to be. I don't know if that's necessarily tiny little hands, but it's supposed to be the idea of, from what I figure based on the logo, that you're well, you're yeah. wrapped around, right? Yeah, guess, you're but, wrapped around the bottle. But yeah. the, the label's too small for the me. label's too small for your hand. Yeah. But it could just be the way. The, I mean, maybe it's it's a it's a little baby that makes the beer. It's a maybe it's just a beer for little babies. <laughs> this is this is just a nine percent alcohol beer for little babies. That's the whole thing. So this is a what five hundred mil bottle? Yeah. My my spidey scent my muscle memory. Uh, that was some yeast I got in there. That's cool. Just my my muscle memory for pouring <laughs> beer was completely broken on this size of bottle. It's a uh, one point nine one pint point nine sixteen point nine fluid ounces. <laughs> it says one point one pint point nine. Fluid. Just the way it's written, you can't say it easily. This, uh, this is batch 593 of total bottles 2280. They are part of the Scandinavian Craft Brewers Guild. I believe it's Shelton. Yeah, Shelton Brothers who imports them here. And Bestefar is the Norwegian word for Christmas. In this case, it refers to the father of Father Christmas, or Nisifar, as he is known in Norway. Hmm. Okay. 
Bessifar is the perfect com- companion for a cold winter night spent con- spent contemplatively in front of a fire, or for those fireside moments that are a bit more festive, in single quotes. So, sex. <laughs> it is complex, a little bit wild, and it just might be the best by far. That's okay. Well, because it's best of far. Oh, see, you got it. Then I didn't even, I wasn't even close. On their website, however, as opposed to the Shadow Brothers label, they say Belgian Strong Ale with uh, the good old taste from when all the farms used to brew their old beer. A dark, strong ale, well-balanced and full of malty and fruity flavors. I'm reading marketing speak. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. We make living beer not pasteurized nor filtered. All right. So, beer pours pretty black. Not much light coming through it. Pretty opaque. Head was there, very fine bubbles. It kind of faded quickly. Do we have any kind of dating on this bottle? Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. I would doubt that. The aroma, not much unlike the last one. A little bit smoky, a little bit roasty. Hmm. Trying to pull up more detail on the There nose, it comes. It was waiting for it to come out because it, it, I think it's pretty highly carbonated. I was getting just a lot yeah. of carbonic. Yeah. And finally getting more roasty stuff coming. Getting some burnt marshmallow. A little bit of raisin. Hmm. Okay. There's definitely a bit of a molasses note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, molasses. And a little bit of a wintergreen, which you you can get on these big roasty stouts. I think if they have a lot of roast in them, some wintergreen comes through. So that gives me an, an expectation of what I might be tasting. A little bit of chicory, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Smells. I mean, it, it's it's a definitely. Uh, as you can tell, we've really gone through a little bit of progression in the aromas. Right, this thing was walking us through a progression like that. That burnt marshmallow. I smelled it really potently for one sniff, and then it kind of faded out, and I wasn't getting it so much anymore. So it really gave us a lot of talk about the aroma. Greg, you took a sip and made some facial expressions. I took a sip because the very first thing I was kind of shocked by how. Um. <sighs> It made it made a lot of changes along the way, so I'm I'm almost forgetting what exactly it was that 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 shocked me at first. Let me take another sip and maybe. So my first sip, super highly carbonated, mm. right? Um, you get some things, but for me it was too okay. zingy. So now I'm working some of the yeah. gas out of the beer. I'm okay. swirling the glass. Yeah, what hit me was it, it actually tasted more spice than I would have considered. Uh, I don't know whether that's just the carbonation. Hitting, hitting me in a weird way that's giving that sort of the prickliness that comes with spice and that may be the case so I'm letting I'm going to do like you and, and let some of the carbonation come out but then it you know it goes through a couple different areas of sort of hoppy a little bit maple like 
uh, and it ends. I, I think chicory was definitely note. There was definitely mm-hmm. some woodiness there, right? And it ends on kind of a bitter chocolate note with some woodiness and some some toffee and vanilla. When the beer first poured, it poured with this very fine bubbly bubble head, right? Yeah. Very fine head, and that's. It's one of two things, right? It's either a high carbonation, like a Belgian beer, or it's an infection, yeah. right? And I wasn't sure to say. And the head kind of fell down quickly, and it didn't leave a bunch of protein residue, which, if it leaves a bunch of, like, sagging, bubbly protein residue, that leads more towards the thought of being an infection, where this head kind of just fell, disappeared, right? So that leads me to think more of Belgian-style carbonation. Yeah. This is a 500-mil bottle. Very heavy glass, right? It can handle a lot of pressure. So, you know, unfortunately, I am not an expert in all things Norwegian beer, right? I haven't had much in Yognio and, and other ones. But, you know, it seems like this one's high carbonation. And because I typically like things with the gas worked out of it, that's what I'm going to do now. And hopefully it's it's a good thing. But, yeah, but, I, I'm just the reason I went through that is kind of to maybe describe yeah. to some of the newer listeners, you know, what I saw, what I was... Exp- and then, like, my first impression was, okay, it's either highly carbonated or it's spoiled, right? And then, it was not spoiled. And then as... The, but, but I could tell that it probably was not spoiled yeah. by the way it behaved after that initial pour, right? Where the head yeah. disappeared instead of leaving this droopy, proteiny thing, right? And, you know, and you were correct in your assessment. I, I cannot detect any spoilage on this beer whatsoever. Does, I don't taste any off flavors. You know, there's a risk, right? Because we're buying a Norwegian beer from House of a Thousand Beers mm-hmm. with no date through the Shelton Brothers. Who knows if this beer is two and a half years old or not, right? So it was a risk early on, but I think the beers managed it. Yeah. And, and like you said, these nice, this is, yeah, this is very heavy, thick heavy glass. glass. Um, it says made to survive. I think it's made for high carbonation levels. Yeah, right? that too. But I mean, it. This is, you know, nice brown bottle, no green in here. That's always good. Thickness too, which means that you know, even the light that does get through, is mm-hmm. not going to be. Uh, well, it's a black beer, so I'm not too worried about. <laughs> hey, you've had you yeah. know, what was it Deschutes uh, Black Boot Porter and that? Well. It's skunked in a clear glass. But yeah, you're, what you're saying is, yeah, I was surprised. This is a story from this past summer. I had a black boot porter, and I was sitting outside on a patio, and I was under an umbrella in indirect sunlight, and the light bouncing around skunked a porter in less than five minutes. Yeah. Which surprised me at the rep, the rapid rate of skunking on a black beer. A lot of UV out that day, I guess. <laughs> I'm curious. You said indirect sunlight. Well, I mean, it was in the shade, but there, the light was coming, bouncing off. Yeah, UV doesn't bounce. I mean, it does, but not nearly on the level that visible does. Okay. So... Well. So I, when I said I was under an umbrella, actually, it was blocked by a building. It was blocked by shingles and brick, right? It's still skunked. There's something bouncing in the atmosphere. I mean, like, UV doesn't get through glass, even clear glass. UV has to be able to go through clear glass. It skunks in a brown bottle. Well, that's the riboflavin taking over. 
It's still agitated by the ultraviolet light, though. No. UV doesn't get through glass. I'm not sure about that, but I don't want to argue it right now. It's a complicated method through which it it induces riboflavin to go into into a triplet stage. That's neither here nor there. But UV for for lots of reasons having to do with band gaps and other things doesn't actually get well, through glass. Well, the the light from the sun bouncing off everything in the environment skunked a black beer. I just I find quickly. that fascinating. I'm, I'm Did, really curious as to as to how that works because that that's that's really interesting. You should see me when I'm like at, like sitting out on patios of bars. I take like the table tent and the beer menu and I put it around my glass <laughs> and I put a napkin over top so I have this like little tent for my beer. And I'm sure everyone thinks I'm an idiot, but you know I can taste how quickly these beers skunk. It's a great story about that uh, the, the whole UV thing, and I'm only going to bring this up because it's somewhat related to beer, in the sense that. UV doesn't go through glass. Uh, when Feynman was watching the very first, the Trinity blast, the very first nuclear explosion, he everyone else was wearing those you know big goggles. He reasoned that he could actually see it because UV doesn't get through glass. So he went behind a truck window and just mm-hmm. watched it through that because he knew the UV wouldn't go through it. So he saw the flash without being obstructed. Okay, I'm sure it was bright. I'm sure it was bright. <laughs> um. So as I drink this, I just took another big spin on the glass to knock some more CO2. It's still carbonated. It's getting more the chicory. The chicory flavor is really yeah. the big thing that's coming through. It, it tastes, it's very stouty. They call it a Belgian winter ale. But, you know, let's just call it, you know, it's not like it's kind it's of stouty. It's spiced, right? I well, mean- it's not like it's kind of stouty, kind of just malty, kind of old ale. You know, it's it, it definitely seems like it's in the stout family, don't you think? Yeah, this is, though, I think in terms of winter, like I said, in the, um, on the label, <coughs> they said, I think it was on the label, right? Or was it on the... I mean, I'm talking about... As no, it's, it's on the website. Good old taste when all those farms used to brew their own beer. This is, you know, this would be like a winter ale when sure. people were brewing their own. It's not like a, right. you know, but a I, spice thing that everyone was brewing around the winter no, time. I understand. I mean, as a benchmark for our listeners this is firmly in the stout category sure yes that, that, that's kind of the but point. I just want to make the point that it's not spiced like your typical winter that you know you're used yeah, to yeah. all the winter ales are I was expecting something spicy things not so so my impression my prejudice of coming into this beer was not it wasn't going to be firmly in the stout category it was going to be a strong dark malty something right Right, that was my personal pref- my personal prejudice, and it is anchored firmly in the strong, stuff. dark, and malty. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm still uh, like I've worked out a lot of carbonation, and this is still a pretty zingy beer. It's getting down to where I like it, but. Yeah, lots of carbonation in this beer. Well, while we're waiting for some more of that carbonation to come out, there's one thing that we do every show. <clears throat> so if you feel like skipping ahead 60 seconds, go ahead. If not, let's do it. Before you skip, though. When you want to do anything like shopping on Amazon, let's say, 
don't go to Amazon. Why? Because there's a great way you can support the show. There's a great way. A great, great, great way. way. Cost you not a penny more. The opportunity cost is even small because instead of going to Amazon.com, which you should never type in ever, 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 go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It's only like an extra 20 characters, so the opportunity cost is low. And when you do that, it tags in our referral um, link. And when you shop on Amazon and buy all your great Christmas shopping items, it costs you nothing more, but we get a cut of what Amazon normally would get. And it's a great way to support the show. We've had great response over the last almost three years since we've been doing this? Two years. Two years. Two years, yeah. Been doing this. And it really helps support the show. These beers that we're drinking tonight were funded by... All myself. Yeah, except for the... Um, the Sam Adams and, uh, the Hardywood, right? No, no. Oh. Hardywood was... All these beers except for the Sam Adams beer were funded by you shopping on Amazon. See how that works? Makes everyone happy. It's it's beautiful. And I will I want to point this out. We haven't talked about this, but there is an, a secret, a special secret. There's a way you can get to this by even lowering your opportunity cost by five letters. You can go to craftradio.com slash A. That's all you have to do. I forgot I set that up. <laughs> craftradio.com slash A. That's all you gotta do. It's that simple. Those letters are cheap, man. Just just do that, man. Thanks, everyone, for who has supported us. And if you want to hear us talk about some of the more interesting items purchased, it's uh, the Post Show. We have a segment called Amazon Anonymous. If you're curious how to get to the Post Show, you know, some people might be like, what's this Post yeah. Show they're always talking about? Good point. Um, if you go into go to the, our website, you'll see a link for the CBR Extras. That's where the pre-show and the post-show is. If you go on to iTunes, you can search for Craft Beer Radio, and you'll see two RSS feeds. You'll see the main show, and you'll see the extras. And you get all that, and we do a warm-up segment before the show, and we do a cool-down segment after the show. And they are generally not very beer-related, you will learn all the deep, dark secrets of Greg and I if you listen for 10 years. <laughs> and um, it's a good time. We have a lot of fun doing the post shows and Amazon Anonymous. But if you just care about beers, don't worry about it. Not, not yeah. at all required. If you hate our personalities, don't listen to the post show. <laughs> if you like how we don't have any personality in the main show. <laughs> so we I are. Think that's overly simplistic, <laughs> but that's just me. I like overly simplistic. So we are drinking the. The hand bridge. <laughs> you pronounce it this time. Brigerit. Hand Brigerit. Bestafar. Hmm. I think I've worked out just enough carbonation for it to be a relatively high carbonation beer that we did. <laughs> <laughs> It's good beer. Yeah. I think I've pretty much exhausted my vocabulary on things to bring out of it. Uh, it, it the only interesting thing I can bring up is that on the uh, website, the beer is has a, has a it's black and white, but with a red label. The best of ours is in red, and there's a red hat on mm-hmm. top of the, the right. Father Christmas. In the uh, Shelton Brothers release, it's... Black and white, but there's a green Bestafar, and the hat doesn't have color to it. So I don't know. I, so there are times where the American release label is completely different from the the 
native release label. Yeah. This one looks more for me like a an annual release type thing. Like we're probably drinking last year's in the Santa Claus red ones might be this year's or the Santa Claus one might be the original from a couple of years ago. That kind of thing is what I'm guessing. It's always within the realm of possibility, isn't it? All right. Oh, but the other thing about the label that's interesting is that the, the the one that they have on their website has the Norwegian version of the stuff that's on the bottle. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's no warning like there is on the oh, yeah. American version. Because alcohol doesn't kill you in Norway. No, the lack of sun kills you in Norway, not alcohol. In Norway, you can drink beer when you're pregnant and operating forklifts. All right. Oh, we still got two beers. Sweet. Let's do the other stout. What do you say? All right. This is an interesting... It's another one of those breweries I'm not too familiar with. Not familiar with at all, basically. But the name... It takes some balls to pick a name called Wild Onion Brewing Company. Well, I mean, it depends on what they're... Not a lot of people want to think about onions when they're drinking beer. I think that there's so many breweries out there that you can't just call yourself the Beer Brewing Company anymore. I mean, no, do people think of stones when they get Stone Brewing Company? Not anymore, but maybe one time. <laughs> I don't know, but onions. You know, Not a lot of people want to think about onions when they're I drinking beer. I don't know why onions are pretty good. This is their... Is this Jack Stout? Yes. Yes, I just want to make sure I was right. An oatmeal stout. Uh, this is, they say, served on nitrogen, but this is not a nitrogen bottle. This is a, this is, I guess, when, when they... When it's on draft. When it's on draft, it's on nitro. But this is not a nitrogenated beer that we have. Six Pinnacle by volume, 23 IBUs, available six-pack and draft, and it's a winter seasonal. Ooh, the aroma on this one. Right now, it's just carbonic for me, so we're going to keep So it's really different. I mean, the last two kind of had a relationship where we had the Sam Adams Go and the, um, the Best of Far. They kind of had that Baltic Porter-ish, at least, universe in it. Where this one... This one smells more like maple syrup. It smells more like... Um. Oh, what? The, hold on, hold on. Let me. Let, okay, go ahead. Give yourself a chance to to spell it because I'm going to tell you about if why they're a, called Wild Onion because oh, it's an okay. interesting story. So this is a brewery. This is one of Chicagoland's first craft breweries. Do they like Napoleon Dynamite? Is that why it's called Wild Onion? They are fire, They they brewed up their first batch of Patty Pale Ale back in 1996. That's wow. That's a long time. That's Nine years before we started the show. They chose the name Wild Onion in honor of the origin of Chicago's name. Oh. Chekowgow was the phrase the original inhabitants of the region, the Potawatomi, used to describe the wild onions that grew throughout the area's wetlands near the shores of Lake Michigan. Okay. Well, that's a good reason to call yourself Wild Onion. Yeah. Without the history lesson, it seems like an odd choice for the name, though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
Okay, so as I smell, I'm getting a little bit of... What's the alcohol in this one? It smells a little boozy, actually. I think I said 6%. It's only, yeah, it's only 6. It smells... I mean, maybe I'm misidentifying a rum, but that one seemed a little higher than 6. Kind of a, a little bit of honey, maybe a buckwheat honey. Um, maple syrup. Kind of that sweet, syrupy type aromas is what I'm getting. I'm just getting lots of carbonic stuff off of mine, so... Yeah, yours is a lot more coming off of it. Well, let's blend. We shall blend. Let's blend. Blend these suckers. Bottles and cans. And just clap your hands, and just clap your hands. Two chart tables and a microwave. On their website, it said bottles and cans. (sighs) It's a Scientologist. Uh, I know. This is post-show. I got a, I got a story about <laughs> bottles and cans, too, but I was going to save it for the post-show. So. <laughs> just for those of you who don't know, just think about, based on our dynamic right now, just imagine what the post-show is like. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. You should Back to in. the beer. <laughs> Wild Onion. Jack Stout. Now, the can is kind of interesting because it has... Uh, it has a, a it looks like I don't know is that a dude or, or a girl I don't I can't tell but it, the, it, well there's a hoop earring I'm guessing it's a girl she kind of has a, a but her hair is too remote yes it is yeah I think it's a girl I'm not sure what the again maybe the website has some information but no no <laughs> the website does not have much information it doesn't matter Let's get on to the flavor. 45 miles northwest of downtown Chicago is where they're located. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can see why they would put this on nitrogen. What's that? What do you say? It would make the body fuller. Okay. It feels kind of light to me. Maybe it's because we just came off a beer that was hugely carbonated. Mm-hmm. But right This now, one feels almost flat, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> it feels almost flat compared to the last one. I don't, I'm not saying it is flat. It just feels that way because our palates were up-adjusted so much mm-hmm. to that, that Norwegian beer. So, um, the honey. Uh, the honey keeps carrying through in the flavor. I'm getting kind of a rustic buckwheat-type honey flavor in this. I'm getting... The oats are readily apparent, right? They get that kind of gooey, gummy type oatmeal type flavor. Yeah, the oats are there, definitely. Hmm. The, you know, I'm not really getting big molasses notes or things like that. I'm getting stuff that is more simple, more kind of a simple chocolate syrup. Uh, a little bit of roastiness. Mm-mm. No onions. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so I would have a producer right now to have him queue up Napoleon Dynamite saying this one tastes like the cow got into, got into the onion patch. 
I am glad that I've only been able to watch 20 minutes or so of Napoleon Dynamite because it was I think post show. <laughs> Sorry. We're too old to appreciate it now. You need to have watched it at a younger age to watch it when it came out. Well, you were, maybe you were too old. You were, you were too mature. I was too... I'm immature. too cynical, I think, is the answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this one... I mean, this one... I'm enjoying drinking it, right? It just... We've had a couple beers where we've had tons and tons of descriptions. Adjectives out the wazoo, yeah. right? This one has less, but don't let our hesitation or our silence think that this beer is not as good as the other ones. I'm enjoying this a lot. It's just... Uh, there's... It is... In terms not, of the other ones, there's relatively little to talk about compared to the other ones. I think that's But that doesn't issue. relate to the enjoyment of the no, beer. No, right? But... I mean, the last thing you want to listen to us is, is going on, oh, this is great, this is great, this is great. Right. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hmm. It, it's a, it really is... Okay, now I'm getting some raisins, right? I'm getting a little bit more raisins, plum. To me, it, 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 there's almost a flavor of those... They're they're relatively cheap, so they, they're a little like I don't know exactly what they are, but they're they're not biscotti, but they're like they have this this kind of puff pastry thing that's filled with chocolate, like a ladyfinger, but with chocolate. It's a circle. It, they're, they're like cylinders, and they're like sort of puff pastry with oh, chocolate in the middle. Oh, okay. You know, they're crunchy. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking. I mean, it's not a ladyfinger, but it's, yeah. it's kind of the same basic idea with yeah. chocolate, right? Uh, so the one thing I, I think I'm noticing about this is, compared to other oatmeal stouts, this one carries more flavor of oatmeal of a ball of a bowl of oatmeal and less of the gooey mouthfeel. Yeah, the the quote unquote sliminess, right? The, the sliminess. The- but you know, often when we talk about oatmeal stouts, like, oh yes, this is an oatmeal stout because it has this slimy mouthfeel. Right. This one has less of the slimy mouthfeel, but it has more of the a flavor, bowl yeah. of Quaker oats. I I agree. So there's something for you. It's interesting how they pull this off. Yeah. By the way, so we're getting to, into a point where we're like, okay, what else are we talk about? On their website, this is a winter season, uh. Seasonal? Not a winter seasonal. So, you know, you can only fit so many letters on a website. You got a paper carrier. Oh, I know. I know. I've had to deal with this. <laughs> Push show. Okay. <laughs> All right, Greg. Can you finish that up here? Should you open mm-hmm. the last beer? All right. So, the last beer. This is another brewery. I'm not sure I can say. Uh, let's see. Twisted Manzanita Ales. And this is their chaotic double IPA. Oh, good. Let's end on a double IPA. <laughs> Why not? Actually, yeah, that's probably best to end on a double IPA, right? I mean, better to destroy your palate at the end right. than right at the beginning. Okay. Now, unfortunately, I have absolutely no information from the brewery about this because there's a YouTube uh, that I haven't watched, YouTube video about it, but they have no information. That's all they have is a YouTube. Huh? Yeah. 
So I'm going to go to uh, Beer Advocate and take a look at what they have. 10.10% alcohol by volume. (laughs) It's a double IPA. Yeah. Okay, so Twisted Manzanita Ales is from Santee, California. The name of the guy is Manzanita, like his last name. Probably. There's a QR code here we could scan. Scan for more info on Twisted Ale. On this Twisted Ale. I bet it goes brings you to the YouTube page. That would be my guess. Chaotic. It's their chaotic double IPA. Yeah, it's... um. When I saw this one on the shelf at the House of a Thousand Beers, it was... Um, I wasn't sure what, I was, what it was, right? Because... Twisted Manzanita doesn't seem like the name of a brewery. Uh-huh. Seems like a name of a brand, but it's called Chaotic Double IPA. The label is this kind of long exposure, blurry picture of a brewery floor with cans and kegs and blurry ghost figures because the exposure was too long. It's, I don't know, it's interesting. Okay, so I, I was wrong. It's a tree, isn't it? It's a tree and a city. I saw the tree back here on the back of the lake. Yeah. Their logo. But I mean, if my name was Manzanita, like if I was Greg Manzanita and I made a brewing company, if I called myself Twisted Manzanita, that'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool to say, yeah, my brewing company. It's better than Manzanita Ales, right? Put a a little adjective in front of that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, get the spark going. Yeah. This is the can that uh, has a shrink wrap on it. So it's either canned by one of those mobile canning places or this is a. This is limited, not a seasonal. Limited release. This is not a limited release. Okay. Yeah, so, well, okay, they still might not want to, uh, wanted to buy all the cans necessary yeah. to get it printed right on the can. But but this is one of their year-round ales. Okay, so, yeah, that's, um... <laughs> you know, there is... So, the, you smell this beer, and it's it's hoppy... And get lots of different things. One of the things I got is the aroma that I get when I have to smell Craig's glass. The it's the Greg's aftershave smell. It's kind I haven't of used my aftershave in coming here for like two months. It's your soap or it's something. Because tonight when I smelled your glass, I had to ignore the the Greg smell. I've been using a different soap. The only thing that I haven't changed is my shampoo. Well, see, but this one I can't tell because there's so much going on. But when you had me smell the um, Samuel Adams. You smelled that? Are you telling me that my shampoo is... I don't know what it is. When I have to smell a glass that you've been using... So the other thing I think of is the detergent I use on on my clothes or the shampoo I use. It's the only thing I haven't changed. Or it's just I naturally smell perfume. If that's your natural smell, that's a good good thing. So don't be offended. All right. Um... We'll have to figure this out then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when I grabbed Greg's glass earlier tonight to smell the Sam Adams, I had to ignore the smell that Greg puts on the glass. Yeah, like I, I, I've actually changed the soap I use, and I don't shave for the show because of that. And it turns out that has nothing to do with it. So that's fascinating. Maybe I'm inventing it. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm just fascinated more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that more. Yeah. This post show is going to be loaded. Yeah, we're not going to remember everything we need to cover no, in the post no. show. All right. This is the only thing I can think okay, of. Okay, so yeah, there's a kind of perfumey clover thing going on. It's more like clover leaf than clover blossom, which is not what I expected. There's a. Uh, it's a little kind of daisy like or dandelion like, yeah, yeah. right? I pithy mean, orange. Yeah. There's. It actually smells kind of ephemeral, like not super concentrated. It's interesting. 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 There you go. So <laughs> I've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of alcohol. You sound like Tom Brokaw right there. Interesting. There's uh, you getting any, you getting any onion? Is there a little bit of the citra onion thing going on in here? Damn! If I don't say a yes, there's definitely there's a sweetness that comes that you can get in a sweet onion that is also in this. There's a couple hops if you use it to excess, right? Yeah. It gets oniony, right? Um, yeah, Citra can be one. Um, I want to say Simcoe, I think, is one that can get oniony. No, no. No, I'm feeling. I feel. I feel wrong when I see Simcoe. Forgive me. I'm late. In, late in a six beer show, mm. and this is a ten percenter. Hmm. It, it's. <laughs> we're we're kind of over our sobriety point. We're, we're losing. We're quite rapidly That's losing a, our ability to describe these beers very uh, well. I don't know. I took a sip. That's good. That's kind of orange soda. A little bit of grapefruit. Mm, mm-hmm. That is... Yeah, it's kind of fresca-like, I guess, sort of. It's later in the taste where you get the orange soda. Yeah. Earlier on, you're getting a little bit of more citrusy things you're trying to figure out, but then it like zooms into orange soda, and then it goes down your throat. That's that's a That's a... That's a use of hops right there. Now, I said 10.10. On the weight label, it says 9.7. Okay. So. 10.10? 10. 10.10. <laughs> 10. Oh. Okay. I don't know why the zero okay. was important, but it was on the beer app. Right. Um, this is one of the, the, the flavor is very. It's causing me to salivate. Are you like like I am really salivating after this one? My it, it like it's just it, my mouth is like more. Give me more. I mean no, I, but but I I understand why. I mean there's there's a there's a lot of really good orange flavors here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you know some sort of candy like flavors here. It, it's it's. It's really pretty good. It, it's some of that man candy, actually, right? No, I wouldn't no? quite give it that. No? I don't think so. But it's been a while since I've had man candy, so maybe. I think I, oh, you know, we've retired the term officially, but I think this might have a little bit in there. There's something. There's something that if, if it's not man candy, it's close. You to get it. some of that big sweetness. But man candy has always been sort of a, a subjective term, anyway. So, something like Thor. It's just, it's there, it's not, and it's up to you to determine whether it's not there or not. 
But there is a lot of yeah, juicy sweetness, and I guess that that's close enough. Yeah. I got this. Jeff has brought out his tiny uh, little his tiny little phone. So I do want to um, actually because I have something bookmarked. Just compare the screens. <laughs> Posho, dude. I <laughs> I have something on Safari in my mobile reading list here that will contribute to the show. So as soon as I pull it up, so Jeff says. I the promise. only thing I can say is that there is a spelling error on their page about this. Be nice. I'm just pointing it out that if you're talking about your production staff playing a huge role, role in that sense is R-O-L-E, not R-O-L-L. <laughs> <laughs> they were dictating. To Siri. Yeah, to Siri. I was just going to say that. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Chaotic is the seasonal release we just couldn't let go. Oh, ne- oh never mind. The seasonal release we just couldn't let go of, so they turned into a release they have all year. So, no, I was wrong in, in saying, hey, there's a difference. Now I kind of want to tear this label off the can. Twisted Manzanita is in Santee, California, mm-hmm. and they have a phone number here. So I saw a link here. There's a link. I'll put it on my Twitter. Um, Joey Hers tweeted about on Serious Eats about a hops review. I'm talking about some of the flavors you get from different hops. Uh-huh. And this is good for me to help refresh my memory and also mem- relearn things that I've forgotten. We're talking about Amarillo. A couple different hops, but Amarillo here. What to look for. Wild citrusy is a flavor descriptor commonly applied to... Uh, American hop varieties. Emerald possesses a distinct quality of oranginess, the highest myrcene content of any hop variety. Emerald can come off as pungent and grapefruity at times, but the cleanest expressions of this hop taste very much like biting into a tangerine. Hops don't impart much sugars into your beer, but the heavy hand of Emerald can lead to an implied sweetness as a result of the intensely fruity character. That's kind of what that's very interesting. We're getting here, right? Thank this you, implied sweetness. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to read the back of this. You know, I'm ten years in. I'm, I'm more susceptible to reading marketing speak. I guess. But Don't do it. I'm just going to skip to the point where they're talking about the, the the hop onslaught. You know, the extensive dry hopping in each patch. The, uh, this onslaught. Blah, blah, blah. Tags the entire spectrum of hop aromatics with an especially notable citrus melody, including grapefruit and tangelo. I don't know if we've had tangelo. I haven't had tangelo. I don't know what that is. Uh, brewed by San Diego Hopheads for San Diego Hopheads, chaotic is captivatingly so. So, you know, when I read that thing about that implied sweetness, right? We've gotten that a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. And, and I, I think Julia's right on on there. Well, I that mean, was from Serious Eats, actually. Oh. Uh, she just tweeted the link, and that's right. Well, I think Julia's right on in tweeting for, the link. For, for tweeting the link, right, right. Um, yeah, so I do not know if there's Amarillo in this beer, but it's that effect where you're getting this implied sweetness. Based on the flavor, the I wouldn't be surprised. I think this is a flavor that I associate with him really although I'm not as experienced with it so it's it's harder for me to call out than it is like Cascade or Centennial where those are easier or Zots where those I can really call out because I'm I'm familiar with those enough Amarillo I mean if I've had it I can call out Simcoe because 
Or no, not Simcoe. Uh, yeah, Simcoe, because I don't like it. <laughs> so I can call out Simcoe a lot. You know, there's... Um, I'll send you this link. I'll tweet it so you can yeah. check it out. Um, really, it's, it's kind of a good refresher. It's been a while since I've really thought and explored. You know, it's. I felt like I was getting rusty on the yeah. whole thing. I would and, love for us to, 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 to get just a spectrum of hops so we can have it at least just to have it there so we can smell them and also maybe we can make some teas out of them every once in a while just to sort of right. to, to re-up ourselves on what they are. I think it's about time to start ranking. What do you think about that? I think uh, I think I'll do it. Although, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to try. Okay. Yeah. Ranking these beers. Exactly. Ranking these beers. Um, they're sexy. Well, they're all pretty good. <laughs> I'll give them that much. I got my favorite. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go for the bottom. Okay. And I think this is this is kind of expected, I suppose. Uh, but I I don't I don't want to make it sound like it's bad. It's just. It, you know, it, it, it's just sort of expected in terms of what it's trying to do versus the other beers that we had. And I think that the, the Hardywood comes out last. Right? I mean, it it's a cream ale, and a cream ale is not going to have the same kind of expectations one of the other beers have. And also, I wasn't really too keen on the over-hoppiness of it. I, I might have ranked the cream ale higher had it been a cleaner cream ale, in a sense. I might have okay. liked it more. I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as I think I may have been able to like it. Okay, number two, number five. Number five. Number five. <laughs> wow. This is, this is tough. It is. It's a really hard show to rank. I'm, I'm trying to work on my things here while Greg's doing I, his thing. I'm and going kind of to stuck. go with the wild onion only because I kind of felt that it wasn't as full as it should have been, even though I did like it. And similarly, I'm going to hit the, for number four, say the... Uh, was just the old forge, the falling down, because I felt that those just didn't have the kind of body that I really okay. want. Sure. So that's sort of a that was just this is sort of just based on drinking, really just based on sort of body that I was getting, and those were the less body that I had. Now I'm going to, you know, definitely it, this whole thing is hard. I want to make make that <laughs> no, point. no, it is like, yeah, go. Um. Okay. I'm going to put the, the, the Sam Adams next to Double Black. Um, I actually liked... It was re- really weird because I, I liked that I liked Jeff's and I liked mine before we mixed them. I think that I liked them more stratified than I did when they were combined. But... A double right. force beer, I sort of, you know, appreciate the whole idea, right. too. But, right. but it's right. very full and, and really nice and flavorful. So these last two, uh, 
it's a little bit of a tough choice, but I think I'm going to put the the Honda Brigarit, <laughs> the the Bestafar, as the, my number two. More because I mean we had to work on a heck of a lot of carbonation to make it right. almost you know, to, to to sort of understand the beer. I understand it was really good, but the, the, I'm going to go with the Twisted Man's Need as my number one because yeah, I really enjoy that, and uh, I need to drink a lot of water now. <laughs> all right, so I had all that time to figure out my order, and I was still not able to. <laughs> so I'm going to have to use or, you know process of eliminations. I'm going to have to start at the top. All right. Yeah, and yeah, the twisted manzanita, the 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 chaotic, fucking delicious, <laughs> freaking delicious. I know, I know. I normally don't say that on the main show. I'm we sorry. don't use that word on the main show. I'm sorry. The post show is all it's full of them, <laughs> <laughs> like half the words. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, delicious. Number one, number two. Just about all the rest of the beers. <laughs> I I think I'm in a hoppy mood tonight. I'm going to put the Old Forge number two. Uh, because I liked that breakfast juice feel, I think the way it brought the hops for that was really good. And probably because I'm in a hoppy mood, that's going to be number two. Three, even harder. <laughs> that's Die Hard 6. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna put the uh, wild onion, the the Jack Stout, three cans in a row. Top. Um, I thought this one was most noteworthy because of how the oatmeal tasted like a bowl of Quaker yeah. oats and not slimy. Because we've been conditioned to say, "Oh, this is an oatmeal stout because it has this slimy mouthfeel." Yes, they seldom have that bowl of oatmeal type flavor. Yeah, it usually adds more of a kind of a yeah. more of a consistency to the beer which is interestingly enough I don't want to interrupt your your thing too much but Mm -hmm. you know I I didn't like the fact that it didn't feel as full right so all right then number four Sam Adams in particular my half of the bottle I liked that one the better the one that was more doubles for it's you know had less of that plum old ale quadruple thing going on and then even the last beer is a tough call um i i guess i'll put the the uh the best of far um fifth and the the hardywood sixth. but really it's a tough call the best of far i had to work and work and work to bring out that carbonation before it was a beer i could drink you know it was where i liked it the hardywood was one of the best cream ales that I've had. It was a little touch of sulfur that was a little bit weird to try to get around. But in general, I think it was a pretty good beer. But just because of the flight tonight, you know, it's going to end up in last place. I hear you. All right. Well, that means it's an end of another show. And since we started the show with Rump Shaker, we might as well end with the Beastie Boys Shake Rump. Crafty Radio, 
is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you'd like to contact us, the best way to contact us is over Twitter, over the Twitter. And Do I the am, tweets. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Gray. And we have a shared account at Craft Beer Radio, which you may have noticed has started following a whole bunch of breweries lately. It's part of our new outreach program. And uh, if you want to email us, we also like email. Beer at Craft Beer Radio goes to both of us. I'm Jeff. He's Greg at Craft Beer Radio. If you're like all up in the Facebook, we're in a different universe. You also send it to both of us saying beer at Craft Beer Radio. Yeah. I thought I said that. You may have. I may have been paying attention to the video. All right. right. Those Beastie Boys are hypnotizing. (laughs) I didn't even say that word right. Um... Yes. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you're in a different universe than us. I check it out occasionally, but not very often. Google Plus, good luck. And uh, we'll see you all on the next show. Flip side. <laughs>